0: Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive in, brought to you by Geek5Nation.com. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Spaceship Earth director Matt Wolf. Um, Spaceship Earth is about a group of individuals who built the Biosphere 2, a giant replica of the Earth's ecosystem in 1991. It was exciting to kind of pick his brain on his thoughts regarding the film and regarding the backlash regarding the entire Spaceship Earth and Biosphere 2 project. So here is the interview with Mr. Matt Wolf. I'd like to welcome to the show director of Spaceship Earth, Matt Wolf. Uh how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. Crazy enough we just got hit with a uh, I'm in Tennessee. We just got hit with another uh tornado, so it's it's been kind of crazy. Um this is like the second one in 2 months. Thankfully my house is okay, but other than that it's it's other than that we're good, right?
1: Yikes. I'm glad you're holding up.
0: Yeah, so I guess the big question for me to start off with for you is, um, before we dive into the movie, is how have you been kind of keeping yourself busy throughout this quarantine?
1: Honestly, I've been preparing for this film's release, and um, our distributor, Neon, is doing all sorts of innovative and, and groundbreaking things to bring this film to audiences in new ways, considering our circumstances, and it's been fun collaborating with them to think of, of um, different kinds of partnerships and creative ideas to engage audiences around the film.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a trying time, but I, I do love the way some of these independent uh, film distributors are trying to um, help, you know, directors like you and help films like this kind of get out there and in, into a broader audience. Um, I guess my next question for you is what intrigued you to take on this project?
1: Well, I was doing research online, and I came across these striking images of eight, eight people in these bright red jumpsuits standing in front of an enormous glass pyramid, and I, I genuinely assumed they were still from a science fiction film, but of course I quickly realized the structure is real, and these people had lived inside of it for two years, and when I found that they're still around doing interesting work, I was determined to tell their story. Um, so I was only nine years old when the first mission happened. I had no recollection of it, but when i When I learned the whole story, I felt there was incredible relevance toward our world today,
0: yeah, I would agree as well i obviously I was i think five years old whenever it it came out or when this happened, and before watching it i was i didn't know anything about it right so which I think in my opinion, obviously being my age being only at five at the time of whenever it started. I think it's really cool to go into it without knowing anything about it, right? So, what after the film is over, after you're done watching, you can go through and do all this research. And that kind of intrigued me. Like the way it was shot and stuff like that, was it hard to get access to a lot of the footage that you guys had? Yeah,
1: it's always hard to to get people to give you hundreds of hours of footage, but <laughs> I think what was so remarkable is that this group and, and one by biospirian, Roy Walford, um, they recognized that what they were doing was history, so they took it upon themselves to document it, and to document it really well. There's often multiple angles or cranes shooting footage. These were theater performers. They knew how to create visual spectacle and theatricality, and um, it was remarkable that they had documented all of this and kept good archives and we had the privilege to to work with it and and it was a big responsibility too so um it was very collaborative to, to access that footage but it couldn't we couldn't have told the story in this way without it it really allows the viewer to be in that story in a present tense way
0: yeah that's one of the things that i really enjoyed about it as well because you could have the people talking about it like you do in other documentaries, but actually visually watching things transpire really enhances the film in, in a way that you, like you said, you couldn't do otherwise.
1: I know. I think people sometimes take for granted that every aspect of this Byzantine story is covered, but that's good. I don't want people to think about the existence of the footage or the filmmaking. I just want them to be in the story and hopefully to have an emotional relationship to these characters and to maybe leave the film with some bigger ideas to chew on.
0: Yeah, because I think the idea – like when you transition to the film, when you're watching the first portion of the film, you're sitting there like, wow, this is really groundbreaking technology. This is really cool. Um And you're sitting there, you're digesting, you're digesting it. And there's that one part of the film where it starts to get really ugly. Kind of take me behind how you were trying to obviously layer the film of which you wanted to, I don't know, put the, give give hope to the people, the viewer at home that maybe, like I said, have not seen it. And then you just have that slowly trickle down effect of where you see the turn of how things started going bad. Like what was the idea behind filming that portion of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, my point of view about making films is that I approach subjects with interest in their story. I've never wanted to do a takedown uh, or gotcha kind of film, but at the same time, my my perspective is to be fair. Um, fair Fairness includes showing um, everything, warts and all, and to depict the complexity and nuance of people. People who are visionary or have novel ideas that they pursue in huge, um, epic ways are not just normal run-of-the-mill people. They're complex people and I wanted to, to pick this group and John Allen in, in their full complexity. And a big part of the historical recollection of Biosphere 2 is what went wrong. And I think it was important to really set the record straight from the point of view of the Biosphereans, but also from the point of view of the media about what the shortcomings of the project were, because that disconnect is really at the center of the legacy of the project.
0: It was very interesting to me to see kind of uh of in my opinion kind of John Allen the watch to watch him kind of be this you know big time figure and then kind of watch him kind of transition into what I like to think of like he was kind of like the villain of the second half of that film and you know it was intrigue like so in talking to the cast and stuff like that or the cast but the actual life characters what did you find most interesting about the story itself and and in talking to them as a collective whole?
1: I mean, there were unexpected things that became kind of my main interest. For instance, the film ended up focusing largely on the prehistory of Biosphere 2 and the activities of this unusual group who came up with the idea to do this project. And one of the things they did prior to Biosphere 2 is they taught themselves how to build an enormous concrete junk ship. And they used that to sail around the world. And that was just so surprising, but also inspiring to me. This idea that you can learn by doing or that you can have a wild and crazy idea and actually make it happen. So I think the the ship became a kind of metaphor for me about not just the, the ambition of Biosphere 2, but really about human achievement, what humans can do if they put their minds together toward a common goal. And so um, there were all sorts of things in the story that one wouldn't expect that almost had nothing to do with Biosphere 2, but that to me, really captured the spirit and themes of the story.
0: Yeah, I agree as well, and and in talking to the individuals, it was, obviously, we're talking, I mean, almost, uh, what, I'm doing math here out loud, but almost 30 years later, was there a, still a lot of animosity with some of the individuals within this uh, story?
1: I wouldn't say animosity, I would say sensitivity. I think uh, everybody has their own legacy to project and their own point of view about a complex story that has largely been misrepresented. So there's a lot of sensitivity about me as a filmmaker coming in and bringing my own interpretation. But in the end, the, the subjects have been very supportive of the film, and, and I think it's been an affirming process for them to see writers and audiences starting to really um, pay tribute and, ta- and, and recognize the work that they had done for so many years.
0: Yeah, exactly. I felt that as well. It was it was less about like you said as a takedown. For me, it was more of a this is a very good uh, learning experience that to me personally, I feel like we could show to students and and um people within not just not, not just film but history. Um you know, growing up and not even understanding anything about what transpired and now we have this documentary who you don't do a takedown you see the interesting you see john allen who kind of becomes that more villain-like character as he's you know pushing for you know he wants us to succeed just like anything else that we do just like whenever you're making a film you want the film to succeed you want it to do good and if things start to go on kind of a wire you want them to kind of pick back up um that what interests me yeah in- it's
1: like i'm always like why would you make a film about people you don't like or why would you make a film about people um, who you don't respect. I mean, a lot of people do, and there are a lot of subjects that um, demand a, a kind of criticism or that demand um, a strong rebuttal. That's not the kind of story that I'm drawn to. I'm more drawn towards complicated people and depicting them in that complexity, but I come to the story out of interest and respect.
0: Yeah, for me, and and one of the more intriguing individuals within the uh – documentary was Linda Leia. she really was like the the heart kind of the heart and soul I would say of these eight scientists and she was you Mm -hmm. you know you had her she was kind of this social outsider but she was inside this and it really seemed like she took a lot of it to heart and and to me Mm -hmm. a little bit of the backstory with her and talking with her what what were your thoughts on that as a whole I I really because to me I feel like you did a good job it makes me so happy it makes me so happy that you
1: say that because that's that's really how I felt, too. I felt very inspired by Linda, and I, I also felt like she was very even-keeled in her perception of Biosphere 2. She's not defensive. She's very matter-of-fact, but she, she really, she does have a, a real love of both Biosphere 2, but really the the planet. She loves Earth, and, and yeah. uh, uh, that really sounds crunchy when you say it out loud, but she, she made me feel it in a new way I hadn't experienced before, um, because she lives in a modest and scalable way and does important work. And she was part of this big epic experiment in which she learned a lot and had a, a unique experience that characterized the rest of her life. But she's, she, she is modest, but also very clear in her perceptions.
0: Yeah, I agree. It was for me cuz you're you're right. It's like, you know, they ha- there's a lo- there she's very passionate about this project. And and you're right if you look a lot about whenever I was doing my research, a lot of it's it was a failed experiment. It's failed. It failed. Failed. And that's all you hear, right? That's all and and I guess that kind of attests to what you're talking about to kind of telling the story in a different light and showing that this isn't it wasn't a 100% failure, right?
1: No, I mean, what is failure? I feel like when things don't go as planned, that's when you learn. I think that, like, the the managers of Biosphere 2, to some extent, set up unrealistic expectations in the media. The media thinks on black and white terms. Um, you know, they, they establish ground rules for the experiment. Nothing goes in, nothing goes out. And uh, the management and the biospherians weren't necessarily able to deliver on these ground rules, but it doesn't mean that everything they pursued and everything that they learned and everything that they demonstrated for the public was in vain and was just a failure. But I think when you manage a project on a global stage and you're interfacing with the media, you need to be transparent. And that, that was probably the fatal flaw of the project is that without as much transparency as possible, People became skeptical, and when they were skeptical, they looked for problems, and they found them.
0: I think one of the most in- interesting questions that I think I could ask you maybe is, when you're working on this project, what did you feel like you learned from the entire project as a collective whole? Not just the filmmaking side of it, but the bio- you know the, the spaceship Earth as a collective whole, the, bios- the biosphere as a collective whole itself.
1: Well, I think what I learned is this really unique model of small groups being engines of change. That's something that Biosphere and Mark Nelson said that really struck me. It's basically like this group literally reimagined a world. And in a lot of senses, I think that's what we're confronted with right now. When we come out of quarantine, we're going to enter a new world and it's going to be on us to to think and act differently. And, And it's hard to contemplate how to do that. But this group provides a model and a template in which people... Uh, a small group puts their minds together and their diverse skills around a common goal, and they're able to achieve new ideas and projects. They don't just talk about things; they do things. And I hope that inspires people. Um, at the end of the day, I
0: agree. I agree a hundred percent. And and for me, it's like uh, I agree with you when it comes to the quarantine, and it's kind of weird of how people are going to come out of this, how we're going to handle things. And you're right, it's, it's kind of a model of which that some of the individuals could really take from this and, and grow from this. Um, for me, I guess the last question I would have for you um, in, in filming this, um, what, what, is, what do you think is there to gain and do you think that we could see something like this happen again um, in the near future?
1: Well, we're already seeing people like Elon Musk pursuing private enterprises of Mars colonization. NASA did a pilot program called High Seas in the Desert, in which a group of people lived confined to, to simulate what the kind of human experience of colonizing another planet might look like. And there are all sorts of people who are trying to demonstrate um, ecological diversity to promote ideas of sustainability. There's a project in, in England called the Eden Project, which has a lot of visual similarities to the, to the look and feeling of Biosphere 2. People are pursuing these ideas, and I think Biosphere 2 laid the groundwork for that, but that um, it's a project that went viral, and we live in a different time in which all sorts of things go viral, but this just before the Internet. So um, a lot of these ideas have really spread and I think are having an impact on people's consciousness.
0: I agree 100%. And uh, Space Earth Earth is available Friday, correct?
1: Correct, yeah, it's everywhere.
0: I'm excited about it. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. Um, I really appreciate the project. It was amazing, and uh, good luck to you and all your future and projects.
1: Great, thank you.
0: Thank you so much again to Matt Wolf for coming on the show and doing this interview and talking about this interesting project. And thank you so much to Project Neon for allowing uh, us to have this interview on the Music City Drive. And make sure to check out Spaceship Earth on Video On Demand on May 8th. And do us a favor, head on over to Twitter and give the show a follow at MCDI underscore pod. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valero underscore. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.